Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. I knew that Tommy Lee Stick was going to make it into this podcast. Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarred media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy. I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Jenny, I'm not good at context switching. Well, you didn't even know what to say, and we literally have like 150 episodes, and you didn't know how to start the episode. Well, I have another podcast, and oh. I almost started it that way. What's this other I, podcast? Then I also saw in my notes, I have real big, hey, everybody, every time Manly pops up, so I almost started it with that. It's a whole thing. So can we address the the big news? We do have kind of big news. <laughs> Amy's Variety Hour. Do we want to talk about that? Yeah, guys, we've reached 100 patrons. So I I don't know if I was drunk. I don't know what was happening. But I swore that I would give everybody an Amy's Variety Hour. So um, that's happening. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do them, try to do them once a month. going to try. Okay. 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 They're going to be so random. They, they might be interviews. I have some ideas for like some serious shit. So it might not be super funny. Definitely want to do some like lists. Things. Oh, can you tell them who you want to interview? What you want to make the interviews about? <laughs> I want to interview Ken, who's in our Mimi B group, about Jenny's dark past. So can I, <laughs> can I introduce a new segment? What? So I think if you're doing Amy's Variety Hour, I reserve the right at the beginning of the next episode to do Jenny Strikes Back, <laughs> which is 10 minutes rebuttal against Amy's Variety Hour. <laughs> um, I also thought it would be fun to do like maybe an AMA or something with our parents. Oh Lord. Um, do you really know? do you do you have to double up on your therapy sessions after that? Timmy's gonna get involved somehow. We might do some Waltons together, but That's I'm gonna important. recruit him mostly like when I'm doing lists and stuff and I don't just want to be talking to myself and you won't participate. <laughs> I'll probably recruit him. <laughs> you won't participate. <laughs> so then I was thinking, well, if it's variety hour, it should be like a late night show. Like there should be like headlines and then maybe an interview portion and then some music. There's no definition here. You just get a musical guest. Cool. Can't wait. So I don't know, guys. I don't know. Picked up the old guitar yesterday, tried to play some Lumineers oh, and it no. sounded like um, it wait, sounded mean... like 10 cats being drowned in a bathtub. So that's not happening. You mean you're going to try to be the musical no, guest? No. It's like hee-haw. It's turning into nope. hee-haw. Nope. Not happening. Mm-mm. All right. So I am I have several stories about this episode that I'll get into later. Um, one that almost got me in trouble. Okay. So we'll talk about it. Like in trouble, like canceled or? Yeah, I probably would have got canceled <laughs> So um, anyway, so just a, a general shout out to all our patrons. Thank you for getting us over the hump to Amy's Variety Hour. I think our next goal should be 200 patrons. If that happens, it's Jenny's Variety Hour. No, that's no. just going to be, I'm just going to put a Spotify playlist on. 
<laughs> okay. All right. Sounds <laughs> awesome. All right, Jenny. So today we're looking at Little House on the Prairie, Season 8, Episode 13, Stone Soup. The description reads, An expecting Laura has a tough time caring for the Wilder farm when Almanzo and Charles are away on a trip to Arizona. Laura has a heart-to-heart with Willie about responsibility of being a role model. Um, a lot, more, a lot more happens in this than that. Yes, I'll save it. So we open on Laura and, hey, everybody, it's me. They're planting orchard. They're planting an orchard. Now, Jenny, what kind of orchard? <laughs> what are these trees? Tell so me. I have lots of questions on this part. I'm no orchard expert, but I feel like orchards take years to see yes. results from. Like, it's not a one-year crop. Like, you, you have to cultivate trees for years. And I don't know, are they making wine? Like... They looked maybe like apple trees. I guess, but I feel like apple trees don't grow in that part of the country. Oh, God. You know how we are with this kind of stuff. People are screaming right now. Well, there's people who know better, but I, I just can't there's imagine. There's a lot of people who know better. Planting seedlings, basically, and getting like a full crop in the fall. Those weren't seedlings. Well, I mean, they weren't They weren't full-grown, mature trees that were and ready here's fruit. another. Here's another question. Where did they get those? Did they go down to Lowe's and pick them up from the back of Manley's buckboard? <laughs> There's a Lowe's and Sleepy <laughs> Laura says she could smell success. They're going to have the largest and most successful orchard in the country, and then they'll be able to buy 100 acres for that beef cattle that Manly wants. And Manly wants a steam tractor. He wants a steam tractor. <laughs> That's probably like a million dollars equivalent. It's probably like buying like a Tesla truck. Because he actually goes, you know what I dream of, Beth? And she says, it used to be me. Oh, God. Whatever. And I just wrote, hey, everybody, I need a new middle schooler. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) So he's like, yes, of course, I dream of you and the babies and those babies and those babies. I'm gagging by this point. Like, ugh. Stop it. Then he says he wants a steam tractor to work the land. Okay. Can we discuss that Laura's in her 36 month of pregnancy? It's the pregnancy that never ends. And it really is. Rivaled only by that of Carolyn's pregnancy. Carolyn's pregnancy was like two months long. No. Oh, was it too short? Yeah. Oh, it was too short. Okay. All right. I knew they fucked it up. I just couldn't remember. Now, Hot Paw arrives and he's looking hot. He jumps down from that wagon and he's like puffing his chest out oh, and surveying the land. And I'm all like, Row. I don't know. Pa's bringing some good news, Jen. He's been offered $300 to haul some mining equipment. <laughs> Are you done? What is so funny? I called me. He called what? I called Manly a fuck boy. Is he? <laughs> no, he's not. He definitely is oh. not. No. Oh he my god. This fuck boy to <laughs> go with him. <laughs> oh my god. That's such not a good description. That would be more like Albert, right? This idiot. Let's just go with that. <laughs> Who? You have to correct me though, because I have not dated in sixteen years. <laughs> So what is a fuckboy? Like, who on this show would be a fuckboy? I feel like Albert's the closest. <laughs> That's what I said. Albert or maybe Willie? Eh. Okay. So he needs this idiot to go with him today. <laughs> well, I like how he's like, I have this opportunity. Mm, I actually already agreed to it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because Manly's like, oh, it's going to be a couple months. That's a lot. And... Like, then I'm thinking, you idiot, you expect your pregnant wife to take care of this orchard for months I guess while so. she's a full job already? I don't understand why it's going to take them months. Uh, they have to go all the way to Arizona. Yeah, I guess that's a long way in a wagon. Yeah. So I looked at Laura and it looked like she could not contain her smile. Well, she was like, kind of like, she's like nine months pregnant and they have four months of travel. Yeah. No, like a couple months. I'm just like, how, like, she's clearly going to have this kid while you're gone. Oh, God. Um, Jen, it's $150, which is equivalent to four hundred or $4,800 today. Where, what, where are you getting that number? I Googled it. Okay. 
I used this the twenty five to one Google and I found it. It's twenty five dollars to a dollar inflation. Whatever. So the plan is that Paul and Albert will help Manly get the orchard planted. And then Laura will take care of it while they're gone. And the baby isn't due for four more months. Manly wants to think it over, but Pa's like, eh. That's where I was getting the four months. How does she still have four months left? So that means she's only five months pregnant. Aim. This is what I'm saying. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we cut to them packing up. Now, wow, this is is real dark here. (laughs) Okay. So I have written Manly's hat. Did you see Manly's hat? I wasn't paying attention. All right. It's like a dick tip. Okay? Wow. It's like okay. <laughs> rounded. Okay. And then he has on this entire tan outfit and he's just standing in the background. And I'm like, he literally looks like Tommy Lee's dick. <laughs> wow. I knew that Tommy Lee's dick was going to make it into this podcast. I think everyone's seen the Instagram photo that's been going around. Jenny, that outfit is not flattering. He's tall, he's thin, he's got that cap on. Okay. Come on, dude. You're making this too easy for me. So they drive off. Laura's like, yes, they're gone. Okay. Now, there's a couple of problems with this plan. And one of them is, so apparently Albert and James are going to take care of the Ingalls farm. And Laura, five months pregnant, is going to take care of this new orchard while she has a full-time job. Why do we not split the boys up? Yeah. Yep. Problem solved. Yeah, I don't understand. All right. Harriet is now chatting with town gossip, Mrs. Foster. Mm -hmm. And she asks Harriet to deliver a letter to Laura. She's like, Laura's been in here every day this week, da-da-da-da-da. And they're all kind of talking about how hot it is. Yep. Harry is legit reading Laura's mail when Laura arrives and just rips the letter off of her. Yes. And Laura tells Harry, you're welcome to read my mail, Mrs. Olson, but I'd like a chance to read it first. It's a, to be fair, it's a postcard. Like everyone read that. Oh, Mrs. Foster, a hundred percent. Yeah. Everyone read it. Mm -hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. So she runs into Doc Baker. They're talking about the heat. And then Laura, for some reason, asks, Doc Baker, how long young trees can live once their roots dry out? Jen, who would you ask before Doc Baker? Any farmer in town? Any farmer in town in a town full of farmers. Doc Baker's like, I'm not a botanist. It's like, you're not a doctor. <laughs> Don't you remember when Doc Baker tried to be a farmer you. and he failed miserably? Oh, God. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so his answer is once the leaves start wilting, he's a genius, Jenny. Mm-hmm. They go pretty quick, and she agrees to come in for a checkup. Now we have some hokey music because there's this stupid side plot of Nell's bringing ice in and putting it in a, a foot bath for Harriet. Yes, this is so stupid. Karen, like, why don't these people just take off some clothes? Well, they can't. You can't have a woman exposing. Mm-hmm. You know, Mrs. Peel will show up and start calling her the devil. <laughs> Oh my god, I just realized we've been married free for like three episodes. Okay. Oh, doesn't it feel good? Sure. All right, Carolyn is chatting with Laura on the porch of the restaurant. And she says, at least Charles and Almanzo don't have to worry about this heat. And again, here we are with them being contemporaries, which they're not. His name's not Charles to Laura, it's Paul. Right, yep. Like, it's so weird. Jenny, that would be like you and I hanging out and I'm like, so Sam wants to go out for pizza Friday instead of saying dad. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's so stupid. Like, we're not buds. So Carolyn tells her pregnant daughter, who just planted an entire orchard full of trees, that folks are getting really nervous about their crops. Yeah. Like, this is not going to go well. And Laura says... Well, I am determined that Almanzo is not going to come home to a dead orchard that I talked him into and I talked him into getting in the first place. See, it's all about putting the blame on Laura. Yep. Because, hey, everybody, it's not my fault. Well, what was Manly's plan to feed his family? I don't know. Apple juice? Applesauce? Tons of (laughs) applesauce. Do you remember when when Graham asked me if I liked applesauce? This is when I was in college. 
And I had applesauce at her house the one time. Like, what adult eats applesauce? So I was like, I'm like, yeah, it's good. I put a little cinnamon on it, whatever. Then she's like, oh, I didn't know you liked applesauce. Then every time I saw her when I was in from school, she gave me like bags full of applesauce. Like I had like a hundred jars of applesauce. Guys, she would, Graham would like, so she had these two bags that she would just fill for us with stuff for school that she would just see out and about and grab for us. I mean, and we would take them away. I had garbage bags full of pads and <laughs> She used to always get that stuff for us. I'm like, how often did she think I need? Like, I don't have my period every day, all day long. Like, it was a lot. It was a lot. A lot of ramen. A lot of ramen ramen noodles in there. Mm -hmm. The the best though is when her friend started doing it to her. Do you remember this? No. The hominy. Oh, Rita did it to her. I I don't think it was Rita. I forget who it was, but her friend caught wind that she liked hominy. And she started putting, like, hanging on her door, like, putting, like, six cans mm. in a bag and hanging on her door. And Graham had, like, like 15 cans. And she's like, oh, my God, if she brings me how many more? I'm thinking, like, this is exactly what you do. This is like our life. Like, you're getting a taste of your own medicine. This is our life. Um, Graham did not call ramen ramen, by the way. It was ramen. Mm. Okay. So, okay. So, she says, Carolyn says, James and Albert have been spending every spare minute watering the crops so i guess there are crops over at the ingles house i guess so we've never seen them well we need charles out there shirtless with that plow let's go we haven't seen that then carolyn and laura are talking more and carolyn says i don't want you doing too much in your condition your health is too important and laura's like don't worry about me i'll do the best i can and i just have written here the difference in acting is palpable Mm-hmm. Karen Grassley can outact Melissa Gilbert. Sorry. Sorry, Laura fans. <laughs> it's just so obvious. Either that or, you know, I give Melissa Gilbert a little grace here because she's young. Yeah, she is. Yep. And we know that she can act now. But, you know, she was young at the time. And I think she was falling in then. Well, I think she just has crappy scripts at this point in time. Yeah, and I think... Well, like her character like... is a weird in a weird place. I <laughs> She's like, once I got creeped on and married off to that weirdo, I'm giving up. I'm phoning it in. <laughs> Cut to Laura. She's grabbing some well from the water from the well. And she says to herself, my man is not coming home to a dead orchard. I mean, they and have like we, six plants. Then we see her with the stick with the two buckets. I remember this episode so well. Yeah. And she's watering the trees, and she's really, okay, so this reminds me of when Graham and her landlord used to plant the big garden all the time, and Graham's landlord was so cheap, she would walk, and I can speak of her because she's dead. Um, <laughs> Great. She Sp- would, speaking ill of the dead. Good. <laughs> it's a pastime of mine. Our pod's going to be cursed now. She would water the tomato plants with a teaspoon of water. That doesn't even make any sense. And, and they would all die. That doesn't even make any be, sense. I know. Graham Who would, would be do that? Furious. The landlord. But then you're wasting the money of the plant. Like you think she'd I try know. to get the tomatoes. I know, Jim. I know. Okay. So now they're in school. Uh, oh, so but my point was Laura's watering these trees, but not enough. Like Timmy not is enough. always saying to me, not you enough. need a five gallon bucket on new trees yep. all the time. And I mean, times were different. At least they're getting some water. I guess. Now they're in school. And Laura's talking about the Revolutionary War, Jen, and she asks, do men become heroes because of events in history? Or do the events, do they create the events that allow them to become heroes? I thought this was pretty philosophical. This was like the deepest I've ever heard her class. I know. Nancy and Willie answer, and just a quick note here, everyone is drenched in sweat. (laughs) Because it's everyone. Now, this was take- us a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yes, it was. They take a break and Laura calls Willie up and she compliments him. And he says he admires those men who are heroes and he wishes he could be like them. And then, oh my God, sound the fucking alarm. Are you ready? Willie says Walnut Grove is lame. There's no more Indians to fight. Not like in Arizona. And Laura actually says, I was in Arizona a few months ago. Don't you remember? Continuity. Whoa! 
a few months ago when she was visibly pregnant at two months. I don't know if she says a few months ago. She says, I was just there. Remember? Arizona isn't like that anymore. Holy shit, Jen. Wow. So Willie's like, I want to be like Bronco Bill, but he's going to end up running the fucking Merc, but I'm going to end up running the fucking Mercantile. Laura says, you just need to educate yourself and you'll go out into the world and you'll do great things. Now, this is how I almost got canceled. (laughs) There's something going on with Willie and Laura in this episode. There is siblings. There's Willie and Laura. Aren't they siblings? In real life? Yeah. I think so in real life. They're adopted. They're they're step-siblings or, yeah, Yeah. something like that. But there's something going on with them in this episode. There is a weird energy here. And I don't know if it's just, like, because everyone's drenched in sweat, it adds, like, a dirty layer to everything. (laughs) Well, don't forget, like, I don't understand. Like, Willie's, like, almost Laura's age and he's still in school. Well, and so this is the thing. So later I have a scene where it's real obvious. And I wanted to put it on an Instagram reel and be like, does anyone else think they're like banging after this scene? And I realized he's only 15. I don't look up his age. I'm like, oh, never mind. Nope, not putting it out there. (laughs) To be fair, he looks older than that. But he really does. I thought he was like 18 or 19. Okay. So Laura is now watering. We have a lot of water. Well, you missed something though. You missed how Laura ridiculed him for reading fiction. Do you want to weigh in on that? fuck you whatever i mean look there is like a prevailing theory right now that kids like just in igniting a kid's passion to read is more important than what they read yep so if you have a kid that doesn't read give them comic books give them graphic novels give them poetry give them fiction give them whatever they want smut flowers in the attic whatever i can remember I remember, and I, I've told the story before, that I read all of mom's books when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And then Graham, Grandma B, I don't even think she knew what Flowers in the Attic was, but giving to, that to me at like 12. And like you lived for that shit. The smuttier, the better. If you could find any kind of smut in Danielle yeah. Steele's books, you were on it. <laughs> so like whatever you have to do to get your kid to read, just ignite their passion for reading. It doesn't matter what it is. So every night before my girls went to bed, they had free read. So if their bedtime was 9.30, they were allowed to stay up till 10 as long as they were reading. That was all they were mm. allowed to do. And I just let them read whatever they wanted. And now neither one of them reads. Well, and, and research shows, research that I cannot cite, wow. <laughs> that having, um, letting kids pick out what they want to do, what they want to read is very important. Yeah, just take them to the library. Let them pick something up. Okay, or if your kid is like me, take them to montage video behind the curtain and let them pick out some stuff. There you go. And they can read it. So at the Mercantile, now we see, oh, first we have, so we have many of these montages with Laura watering and the beating sun. <laughs> I mean, you know what the sun reminds me of? Do you remember that show, Land of the Lost? Yes. I feel like yes. it's the sun from Land of the Lost. Like they just reuse that. Jenny. First of all, the best time to water your plants is at dusk or dawn. It's not three o'clock in the afternoon, and that's like the hottest time of the day. And why Mm -hmm. are you out there at that time? Mm -hmm. Second of all, we've made several comments about the the Ingalls having 11 kids. Where are they? Why is no one helping? Yep. Where's Carrie? I hate Carrie so much, but where is she? She could definitely be helping. Okay, so at the Mercantile, we see Nell's giving away credit because the drought is killing the farmers. And Nels tells Aria, if the crops fail, we're all fucked. Mm-hmm. And this is so, again, this just intersects so weirdly with what's happening right now in my life because we have no rain here. Still? Everything is dead. Everything. Oh, rain, it rained in New York yesterday. It rained, we got maybe five minutes of rain in the past week. Wow. That's it. It's crazy. Laura and Willie now... <laughs> are doing some weird role-playing. He's standing behind her desk pretending he's a teacher and he's being reprimanded for reading and Willie says he loves cowboy comics with scalping and murdering Apaches and she freaks out and says, please stop saying that. I have enough to worry about without worrying that my husband and my father could be murdered at any moment. And they're all sweaty 
and their top buttons are unbuttoned and I'm like, they are going to bang on that desk. Oh my God, you are going to get canceled. wild. Guys, it was wild. I did not get that at all, but okay. I was like, what is happening here? Maybe because so, I realize he's a kid and I'm not thinking that way because he's a kid. Guys, come at me if you have this vibe. I'm not saying I sanction this in any way. He <laughs> is a child. Stay away from him. Speaking of, did you watch um the F the thing about the FDLS about Warren Jeffs? A hundred percent I did. Sweet, what's it called? Sweet, Keep sweet Stay pray. Sweet. Hmm? Keep sweet, pray, obey. Yeah, something so, like that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Of course I did. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Don't even get me started. Um, no, we can't go down that road. But um, it's disturbing. It's disgusting. And those women who got out and told the stories are fucking heroes. Yep. Yes, they are. And that motherfucker. Oh, my God. Did you watch the last episode where they found the tapes? Yeah. Oh. Well, and I didn't realize how much stuff started with him under, like, right. you know what I mean? Stuff that I thought was just their tradition. Was not. Like, it was all this shit that he started. No, and I mean, it was still bad. It was still bad. Under his father. But, whew. Man. He really, uh, the new gen, the new gen boomer came in there really, <laughs> really re, re, reinvigorated the child bride situation. Jesus. Um, okay, Jen. So, we get another super cut of the sun. More watering from Laura. She's getting tired. She's getting blisters. Now Harriet catches Willie reading some cowboy smut in his room. And <laughs> Nils comes scene. in and he's like, what's up? And then he's like, you know what, Harriet? Life sucks. Let the kid be a dreamer. And I was like, there's Winoka Nels. He's back. Can we discuss what the book is? It's called The West, Where Men Are Men. <laughs> yeah, and there was like there was like it was like a little risque because there was talk of like a woman with a heaving bosom and blah blah well, blah then, like it was funny and then harry grabs it off of willie and and nels is, and she's like did you see this did you read this and i was like don't mind if i do <laughs> <laughs> nels gives zero bucks <laughs> so now again guys everybody's sweating so put a pin in that because then we go over to nancy's room and she is in Full pajamas and undercovers, not a bead of sweat. Nope. She's reading. Um, she's reading Little Women, right? Yep. Yes. 
but she's also secretly reading Vanity Fair. I have an index card. What is Vanity Fair? So the magazine that Nancy's reading is Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair is an American magazine that covers culture, fashion, and politics. The first version, well, I was like, could, is this true? Like, would she, would she have Vanity Fair? And she was reading like a smutty, like a uh, story from it, right? I felt like it was smutty or that was the implication. The first version appeared in Manhattan in 1859. So this is well before this time in Little House. Three different versions existed in the 1800s. A humorous Manhattan-based weekly from 1859 to 1863. I don't think that's it because it seems like that was really specific to Manhattan. Okay. A British publication known for satire, prose, and for Sir Wesley Ward's brilliant caricatures. This was 1868 to 1914. Mm. So that was British, likely not hers. Mm -hmm. The third one was an American theater publication. That was 1890, which would have been like hot off the press. Like it's probably about 1890. We we can make that assumption. Like we can, because it's been the 1880s for a while, I feel like. Well, so, in the next episode, The Legacy, we get a timestamp and it's 1885. Okay. So this prob- this isn't historically accurate then. As always. Because I think the one that she would have had, 1885 though. They keep messing up the timeline because wasn't Laura married? That's all, that timeline's messed up. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. And when was Rose born? Like, those are two solid timeline indicators. I don't know. I can't look anything up because I'll screw up our internet. <laughs> okay. So, well, no, it doesn't affect your internet. Okay. I'll look it up. <laughs> like, God, that has nothing to do with it. It's just on my side. Because I'm thinking the only one it has a chance of being is the American theater publication. Yeah. But even then, it's like, was it a smut play? Like, Rose, I don't know. This Rose feels Wilder, dubious. Rose Wilder was born at the end of 1886. Okay, so either... Mm-hmm. Okay, so Laura's pregnant for like over a year. Yes. When were they married? 1885, August. Okay, so they're saying it's 1885. Mm-hmm. It's obviously the fall, right? Because mm-hmm. like everyone's cold. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like either Laura has to no, be pregnant no, for another no, year. No, no, everyone's not cold. Everyone's super hot. No, that was that was. Oh, that's in this episode. The next episode, everyone starts getting a little chilly. So yeah. it's like late summer, let's yeah. say. Okay. So that means Laura has to be pregnant for another year and a half. <laughs> Or a year and like three months, but she's already been pregnant for like half a year. Right. Yes. I'm telling you, it's the longest pregnancy ever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in 1913, Condé Nast purchased Vanity Fair and introduced an unsuccessful hybrid magazine called Dress and Vanity Fair magazine. That lasted a year. Okay. Reintroduced as Vanity Fair in 1914. What a hell of a time to launch like like a frivolous magazine, right? <laughs> Vanity Fair became a cultural force during the Jazz Age. So that would have been like the 20s. Because um, like World War One, you're not really reading about fashion, I wouldn't think. In the Jazz Age, it published works of modern artists, illustrators, and writers. Vanity Fair ceased publication in 1936 after merging with Vogue and did not reemerge until 1983. At this time... It appears to it appeared it appealed to the extravagant consumerism of young professionals during the 1980s. So it's like the yuppie generation. The new Vanity Fair featured portraits of celebrities on its cover and discussed scandals, money, and popular culture. So that's when like the whole like celebrity on the cover and some of their scandalous like scandalously clad people on the cover became a thing. Okay, fascinating. Thank you. Is that it? Yeah. Do you want to hear something? Hmm. I have an index card. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Prove it. Prove it. Let me see it. She reads out loud, you, sir, are a cad. And I immediately thought about, do you remember Tad the Cad from All My Children? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Not at all. So Tad Martin was called Tad the Cad Martin from All My Children, played by Michael E. Knight. And he was married to Dixie and he was like really hot. Well, people thought he was hot. I did not. But he was like constantly being kidnapped and held for ransom and murdered and presumed dead and then came back and it was a whole thing. Okay. That's my index card. Great. Thank you. Well, I realized that I need some kind of notification when there's a soap opera reference. Okay. 
I don't know what to call it. So now Laura heads into class and Willie's teaching and Laura is all turned up for this. Well, no, Will. Okay. Laura wakes up late. Yeah. She overslept. overslept. How much do you hate that feeling? When you look Um, at the clock and you're like having that disbelief moment. Yeah, it doesn't. It hasn't happen. happened to me in a long time, but it doesn't happen to me since I'm working from home. Because I could just brush my hair and jump on Zoom. Yeah, but, but that—that's the worst feeling in the world. Um, it was funny because the girls have to get up at like the crack of dawn for school, and so I was failing them badly with this. Like we would get up late and we'd be rushing, so they actually put an alarm in my phone. <laughs> I think I still have it. Hold on. Yeah, I do. I don't know if you could see it, but it says, get up, mommy. Don't make us late, please. (laughs) Why don't they just, here's an idea. They're 15. Why don't they just set their own alarm, wake up and start taking care of themselves? That's from when they were little. Oh, okay. They were probably like nine or 10 when they did that. Oh, nice job, babe. So like, it makes me feel like a terrible mother. So after school, Carolyn pops by and she catches Laura putting cream on her blisters and she starts yelling. Yeah, she's pissed. You're exhausted. What are you doing? And then like just suddenly backs down. Well, I guess I can't help. Yes, you can, Carolyn. You could go over and help. Yeah. I feel like she offers to do that. No, she she offers to send the boys over. She does offer James or Albert. But Laura's like, no, you need them. You need them. You need them. This she has the stubborn pride of her paw. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cut to Laura looking for water. The well's dry. Does she go to the pond? I guess so, but the pond's not even looking great. Mm-mm. And she's so sweaty. <laughs> I have. She's so sweaty. She looks like she's been campaigning with Better O'Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> that guy is sweaty. <laughs> And then I wrote, why would she risk her health like this? This is so stupid. Well, she's giving water to Emily the cow. Did you get that? I did. I did. Why can't you just walk the cow down to the water? I don't the know. Cow can can move. The cow can move. A cow moves. Turns out. A cow moves also, Jenny. It moves. Like walk the cow down. If the cow is thirsty, the cow will drink out of the pond. I guess. So Laura goes to pick up her mail, and here's an idea: move the cow, walk the cow down to the fucking creek, put that little thing on it, put the the waters on it, and have it move the water back up. It's a good idea. Jesus. Laura goes to pick up her mail, and town gossip Mrs. Foster is really concerned. And apparently, a letter has arrived, and Manly and Pa have been delayed by rain. And some Navajo Indians have helped pull them out and have refused payment. Like, so they're just good people. And Laura can't wait to share this news. Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. So she runs to tell (laughs) Willie. Oh, my God. (laughs) Ew. I felt like we had a um, Mrs. Robinson situation happening here. What's that movie? Uh, Is that The Graduate? Yes. Thank you. Felt like there was that vibe. I had that vibe between them. Okay, great. Okay. So in class, Laura is teaching the amendments, and she's looking really rough. She's teaching the Bill of Rights. And meanwhile, Harriet is burning through ice like a bitch. Yeah. Come back to Laura. She can barely read, and Willie is concerned. She falls Laura, asleep in class. Laura, I thought she passed out, but she just falls asleep. Has this ever happened to you? No. Oh. <laughs> no. She wakes. I don't know how you could fall asleep during class. You just have to be like, I could see being in class and falling asleep. Yeah, totally. So she wakes up and after class, Albert's like, please let me help you. And she's like, no, mom needs you. Subject close. Mom needs nobody. Mom's tough. So Albert Willie, the narc. Willie and Albert are like, what should we do? What should we do? And I wrote, Albert's going to narc. Albert's going to narc. Now, at Nell's, some farmers are like, this is super bad, and we can't pay you, and I'm sorry, but I don't know what to do. And, Ian, what does Nell say? Nell says, he for- he forgives their payments. I have that. What does he say? It's got to rain soon. It always does. Weatherman Nell's. 
That reminds me, isn't there a line from The Crow? Like, about. It rain. can't rain all the time. Can't rain all the There's time. There's a song. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, that's a movie we should do. I love oh, The Crow. Loved that movie. You had a huge crush on him, didn't you? Mm, yeah, of course. Jenny, did you see the trailer for the new Adams Family, the Wednesday movie? No, I did not see it. Are you we know, remaking that's... the Adams Family again? They're remaking. Um, Tim Burton is doing a series just on Wednesday, and oh, I feel okay. like it's your life story. Okay. Okay. So I was born on a Wednesday, you know. <laughs> Harriet is dying. No. <laughs> oh my what? God, Harriet's not I like dying. how you just changed the plot. Everything is dying, and we can't pay anything. Nels forgives their payments, whatever. This is so stupid, we don't need this. Nope. I mean, at least it's, like, tangentially related. I should be grateful for that, I guess. So now we see Carolyn and Albert heading over, and we see Laura stumbling, and she has the chills, and she starts breaking down. I just wrote, these trees don't look any better. All this is for naught. Yep. Finally, she just passes out. Boom, she's done. <laughs> I feel like that was almost me a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Carolyn finds her and the screaming starts and they carry her inside as Willie arrives. Willie spots Laura in danger. And Carolyn's like, go get Doc Baker. <laughs> so apparently there's like it's this heat big... stroke. It's bad. Apparently there's this thing that like Willie runs all the way to town. But like they never give us what the distance is. Like no, people we've run determined, back and forth to town all the time. We determine it's about two miles. That's to the Ingalls house. Oh, that's right. We don't know we how don't far know. this is. We I feel like know. this is further away. Maybe. So Doc, so Willie finds Doc Baker, and and Doc Baker's like, Willie, I'm really concerned about you. I want you to go in your house. I want you to sit down. I want you to drink a cup of water, real slow. I want you to put your lips on that rim real soft. Jesus. Willie is just being objectified by these people. So then he's like, and then I want you to find someone to bring a block of ice out to Laura's. Now do what I say. Do what I say. So Q Nels and his block of ice, he's shown up at Laura's. Inside, Jen, Laura's packed in ice. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wrote, Jesus, do I need a new sound effect for when people are back in Apparently, this was a thing. All, all the time. Well, um, if you watched when we were watching the Woodstock 99 thing, like they could have packed some of those people in ice. Yes. That the right thing to yes. do. Yes. Where was the ice? So Baker and Carolyn are like, Laura, you need to rest. You almost killed yourself. And she's like, I can't. I have to teach. And I'm thinking, gee, if I'm only honest. there was a substitute teacher somewhere. Looking at you, Carolyn. <laughs> So Doc Baker tells them Willie ran all the way to his office. It was an emergency. I would motherfucking hope that he ran. Nels is proud. And (laughs) I wrote Laura melts that ice immediately with how hot she is for Willie's heroism. (laughs) I like how when Doc leaves, he's like, keep her on ice. (laughs) (laughs) And here's my question. They didn't get all that ice from one block. No way. Like, how many trips did Nels make out there? I don't know. Don't Mm -hmm. read into it too strongly. Okay. The next day, Carolyn is teaching, and she tells the students the story of Stone Soup. It's a story (sighs) of a young, poor British soldier who was starving and lonely, and I just wrote, she a British sympathizer. That's what I wrote, too. (laughs) (laughs) He went to town. He got a big pot, filled it with snow. Everyone knows the story. He eventually cons the townspeople into making a big thing of soup, and they all eat it. I just wrote, what the fuck is this? This is so dumb. Why is Willie a sage? Why was Willie a sage? Willie was a sage? Because I feel like he's the only one that, like, got the message. Oh, yeah, he did get... Yeah, what's going on with Willie? This is so dumb. In this episode. I mean, in the beginning of the episode, he answers one question correctly, and it's like, God smiles down on him. He's the golden boy now. Yeah, yeah. So Willie figures out the moral of the story, and basically it's like it takes a village. That's yep. the story. So now Laura and Carolyn are hanging out on the porch, and Laura has her sexy hair down. Do you notice this? Yes. And she's trying to look good, knowing Willie's going to show up. 
now we see all the kids showing up with their buckets to water. And I just wrote, okay, great. But are they going to do this every day? Well, I'm just like, why did it take them this long to figure that out? I don't know. She was like dying in front of them. Like literally it took them like 10 minutes to water the whole orchard. Why would he? Because there's like 25 hey, of them. everybody, I'm a fucking idiot. Why wouldn't he have gone out to Nell's and been like, hey, Nell's, can Willie help Laura water there you the go. plants while I'm gone? Done. Whatever. Okay. Uh, Nancy says it's too hot to help. Willie dumps some water over her head. Now we see the school watering the orchard. And afterwards, Willie tells Laura, I gave them a real douse in Mrs. Wilder. They're real oh wet. God. Aim, there's nothing here. <laughs> trying to read into this. Then Willie's like, that should last a week or so. No, not in blazing heat. No, no, no. won't last God. a week. One day, dude. One it's day. It's like literally in desert dirt. Yes. So now Fucktard is headed back to town. And there's some thunder in the background. And Charles and, and him are like, wow, shit is really dead around here. <laughs> <laughs> Manly arrives home in the soaking rain. They hug. And he's like, hey, everybody in the orchard looks good. And I almost killed my wife, but it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, come on in. I have some stone soup on the stove. <laughs> that's it. And then you see Willie run out the back door. Okay, that's not what happened. <laughs> Jenny, what is Michael Landon's lesson here? Oh, I what, forgot that we did that. What's he doing? Help others. Mm. Help Get the hell others. out of town if there's going to be a drought. Get out of town if there's going to be a drought. Yes. <laughs> um, I have that it takes a village is the lesson. Oh, God. Clearly. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay. All right, Jenny, whose fault is this? It's Charles' fault for always being short-sighted. This guy is always short-sighted. He's like, I'm going to get that $300 and like all the crops are going to die while we're gone. Well, that's true. That is pretty short-sighted. I have this is Manly's fault. You don't plant a fucking orchard and then leave town for two months. That yeah. shit is hard even when there's a not a drought. Plus, she I works mean, full-time. To be fair, I did this on my terrace. <laughs> I like planted grasses and plants and stuff and then I left for two weeks. <laughs> and half of it survived. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Jenny, at the end of every episode, we look back on theme or a lesson, talk about what it imparted to us, what it imprinted on us, what we took from the rewatch or the original. We called our wives design to finish the sentence. Gen X, this is why. What is your why for this episode? I have a couple whys. One is, um, th I think it's why we thought that it was heroic because they use the word heroic a lot in this, mm -hmm. to like just completely sacrifice yourself for some lost cause. <laughs> like, yeah. mm -hmm. like you're never going to, these orchard plants are never going to survive this drought. Like, no. but Laura's going to like break herself down and like kill her child over this. And that, and that's, that seemed like people envy, or not envy that, but people think that that's like, they like hold that in high it? esteem. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, why this is a bad decision. And then my other one is, this is why Michael Landon should have stopped at season six, because I thought this was good, and that's really sad, because it's not. <laughs> but after some of the crap that we've watched lately, it seems good. Touche. I as well thought this was good and was really excited about it. I think it's because I had the subplot of the Laura and Willie story. <sighs> I had somebody being packed in ice. I saw some hot paw. I made the revelation that Willie, or that manly looks like tommy lee's dick i mean it all came together for me here yeah okay um right. but i wrote this is why when i got pregnant i walked around like i had a faberge egg inside of me for like four months and i was terrified to do anything because we just kind of grew up with this idea of there were two extremes shown all the time either pregnant women women were like they couldn't do anything and they had to be in the bed all the time because you know mm -hmm. whatever or they just like did everything. There was no in between. There was no just using common sense. Yeah. And and just saying, hey, you know, working yourself to death in a drought is dangerous for a not pregnant person. Right. Dangerous for everyone. So really dangerous for a pregnant person or an older person or whatever. But um, I did. I was like really freaked out the entire like first trimester of my pregnancy, second trimester. Um, because that kind of stuff just sits with you. It's really Especially when you found out you're having twins. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. Oh God. All right, Jenny, why don't you tell everyone what's coming up next? Episode, so this is season eight, episode 14. Um, it's called The Legacy. 
A present-day couple buys an antique table with a large eye branded on it are curious to learn about its origins. The story focuses on Charles' effort to patent the table and have it mass-produced. Oh, there's going to be some hot paw in this one. I'm really excited. When he's making furniture, that's hot. Okay. I'm into it. All right, Jenny. And over on Patreon, guys, we have decided that we're going to keep doing My So-Called Life. Yep. And Such Rock good, of Love. Rock of right. Love, which okay. is, those are two very different ends of some spectrum. To some spectrum somewhere. <laughs> um, so if you haven't already, the link to join our Patreon is in the show notes. Um, just click and you can listen anywhere. You can put the feed into your favorite podcast app. Um and if you haven't already, check out our Facebook group, The Mimi Bees, where we put really interesting stuff in there. I just shared um, a video with Kevin Bacon and Jimmy Fallon as Tears for Fears singing about the weather. Let's talk. And about I put a picture of my, and I put a picture of my Titanic soap displayed, and everyone went nuts about the product that was next to it. Yes. Which I love the product talk. So like maybe I just put a picture of the whole shelf in and we could talk about all the products on it. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed the Titanic soap being displayed. Yeah. That was really nice. Oh, by the way, our guy, the Titanic dude, is taking people down. Did you see that? I guess if that's if correcting their their view of history is taking people down. Also, I have an activity for us. They are now selling rafts in the shape of the titanic door wow oh so I cool think, i think we get one see how many yeah we gotta get one though okay. um the other thing that happened is our mom slipped into the mimi bees somehow <laughs> she's in there guys because <laughs> amy's like you let mom in the-? and i totally did not and mm-hmm. we had even had a conversation about it and mm-hmm. it turns out we had amy had some rule set that if somebody was friends with both of us, they could automatically get approved. Which, which let my mother back in the Mimi Bees. We don't mind mom being in the Mimi Bees now. At first I had, you know, set it up parent-free to be our safe space. But I don't feel like we need it that much anymore. So, we'll be okay. Okay. I'm going to narc on Jenny a bunch in there. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Um, Alright guys, so thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.